Welcome to the Biz Coach Show. In every episode, we share information and advice for small business owners, small business leaders, startups, and entrepreneurs preparing to launch their business. Our mission is to give entrepreneurs the edge they need to succeed. If you're in need of business coaching, head over to mybizcoaches.co and book your free coaching consultation today. The Biz Coach Show is presented by Eric Whitmoyer, the owner of My Biz Coaches, a business coach, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, as well as David Macon, a certified professional in talent development, growth expert, writer, and small business strategist. Well, Eric, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, David, and yourself? I'm doing really good. Thanks for asking. Always good to hang out with you and talk business stuff, which is what the show is all about. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Eric has uh, been writing some some articles recently on LinkedIn, and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the content he's been posting. But um, if you're not following him already and uh, you're interested in small business, own a small business, definitely encourage you to sign up for one or both of the newsletters that he puts out. Uh, the first one is uh, Entrepreneur's Edge, which is through his personal LinkedIn profile, and then uh, the Biz Coach Notes, which is associated with the business that he owns, which is my Biz Coaches. So definitely scan those QR codes. Uh, feel free to pause it and uh, sign up, and then uh, come back and join us here for our conversation today. So Eric, uh, earlier this week, you had uh, posted something that I happened to see pop up on my LinkedIn feed, and I uh, thought we'd dive deeper into it. That was a really good topic, and uh, both of us coming from a sales background, and I think um, you know, kind of view sales as a, as a, an art, a science, maybe a lost profession or profession that's misunderstood. Uh, but there's definitely some nobility to it when it's done correctly, uh, and really, it's the lifeblood of any organization, right? So I know we both uh, feel strongly and passionately that uh, that sales is important and it's a worthwhile profession. And um, if I remember right, the exchange you had, you're you're reposting something you come across about the importance of of everybody, you know, looking at themselves as a salesperson. That's really kind of our topic for today is everyone works in sales. And so maybe tell us a bit maybe about that uh, post, if you would, and then um, kind of your viewpoint on why that's an important perspective for everybody, but especially small business owners. Yeah. And you, you kind of said that you kind of hit the nail on the head there at the end is that it, especially for small business owners, I think that any organization uh, and David, again, I'll reference as I often do, you know, the, the 12 years we spent in our previous employer, uh, it, it, I think it was uh, it, statistic, uh, on, a, on a percentage basis, I'm going to say that somewhere between 95 or 97 percent of the people in the organization were had a quota, had some kind of quota they were responsible to. We had a very lean operation staff who kind of kept the sales organization in check. Uh, that might have gone from 95 down to 93 or 92 after we got the integrity team and some of the other pieces in place. <laughs> um, the commissions, uh, the commissions team. I think your wife was part of the commissions team and yep. things like that. Uh, but the um, the point is, is that that when you have an organization where everybody not only recognizes that they play uh, uh, an integral an, an integral part in the sales of, of, of promoting the sales of the business, right? Yeah. Um, even, even the people in the commission team, right. Understanding uh, the plight of the salesperson, understanding why they might do what they do. Right. Um, uh, anybody who's in the operations team, uh, you know, our integrity team, right. Uh, I think that, that our integrity team was kind of, uh, our, our, our commission compliance group, if you want to call it that ensuring that people weren't doing things that they shouldn't be doing, but, um, even they got better when they took the time to understand what it was to be a salesperson. 
And actually, some of them were in the sales side of the field and went to that group. And the value of that was significant because it helped them understand why salespeople do what they do. Right. So what's their what's their motivation? What's their uh, what are their expectations? You know, you know, we, we had a very high level of expectation as far as uh, achieving goals. And when we were falling short of that, you know, what's what's the what's the um, unintended consequences of pushing really hard on metrics? And, and, and you know, when 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 the, when the numbers aren't where they want to be, you know, uh, weaker managers have a tendency to kind of push in the wrong way. And, and what does that make salespeople do, particularly people who are maybe on the bubble of performance? Right. There's a lot that goes into that. And, and, and quite honestly, in the post that you referenced, there was a gentleman by the name of Will Cannon. He's the founder and CEO of Uplead, and um, he listed out, I want to say it was like 18 different things that fall into the skill set of sales. And uh, he, I shouldn't say, so it's, it, it, he said sales is a skill, it's a collection of all of these these tools, these, these I guess, skills, other skills, I guess. But um, copywriting, communication, active listening, um, psychology, persuasion, speaking. Uh, product knowledge, market research, right? Even lead generation, cold outreach, social media, all these different components really play a role in sales. And to his point, what he was suggesting was that to be good at sales, you have to have some, some, some understanding and some, some uh, um, competency in all of those. Some more than others, right? Depending on the business, depending on the sales model, whatever. But um, the sales process. But the reality is, is that that you you really have to understand all of those things, and and you you kind of mentioned it in the introduction. I don't know that sales is necessarily a lost art, but it is an underappreciated art or skill. Uh, I don't believe that um, uh, you know. There's a number of different. Uh, nuances about sales. You know, there's, there's certain people that embrace the idea of, I, I, I'm a salesperson. I want to be in sales. I want to get paid for my performance. There's a lot that goes into that psychology and, uh, and, and association. Uh, and there's others that are, you know, very um, uh, not, they, they cannot embrace that concept. They're like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. Um, and that's, those are the people that I really try and encourage as much as I can to get them to understand that if you at least understand sales and and what we do and how we do what we do and why it's so important to make the business run, then they can play a much better support role to the sales organization, which is out there every day, right? We call it sales as the vanguard, right? Yep. We're out in front. We're, we're on the front lines making it happen every day as a sales organization. And, uh, and, and those who are in sales are very proud of that. Um, sometimes a little too proud, but uh, <laughs> the reality is, is that um, if, if you're in a support role of somebody in the sales organization, uh, whatever that role is, it's also very important. And, and there's, a, there's a two-way street there, right? The salesperson has to respect the people on the operation side and recognize their role within the organization. Um, and I think that when you have a healthy blend of the two is when you really find a, a synergy where the two work together cohesively. And that's what we were able to duplicate in there or generate, create, whatever you want to call it, uh, when when we were in a previous organization. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's I think that's a, a really important uh, concept for people to wrap their head around is that, that everybody is in sales to one degree or another and has an active role in what that looks like. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, without sales, you don't have a business, right? And so I think what you're saying is everybody needs to understand not only 
you know, the, the role and the impact that the sales team has, um, but how their work group supports the mission of the sales team, right? Which ultimately fuels the business. And so I think right. that, that certainly makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think going maybe one step further is it important for every person to have selling skills, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, if you've got somebody running, you know, finance or accounting or bookkeeping or whatever inside of a, you know, service-based business, does that person need to have selling skills? What do you think? So, uh, yes. And, and, and here's, here's the way I would say that. First of all, you could not have a complete appreciation for what it takes to sell the business unless you had the skill. Yeah. Or at least, at least if you, tried to adapt the skill, right? Right. Tried to tried to understand and learn the skill. If you took the time to understand, like for instance, what, what what's the what's the TV show where they have the CEOs come in and and do the job? Oh, uh, undercover boss. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, take an executive uh, in any part of the business and have them be on the sales floor, and I guarantee you, one hundred percent guarantee you, that that person will come away with a new appreciation of what it takes to make the business run every day. Yeah. And, and I will I will I will also say that it is few and far between of the executives that would take the time to do that. Right. And sure. And, and the education you get. I mean, the reason that show is so impactful, put aside all the some, uh, all the uh, antics of, of, you know, uh, video and TV or whatever. But um, all that aside, the reality is it's a great story when an executive of a company, you don't care what role they're in, if they're removed from the day-to-day -day activity, whether it's sales or not, that's not as important. The point is when you take somebody who's in that space of the business and you put them in the day-to-day -day activity and you make them experience what I'm dealing with every day, if I'm the salesperson and you see what I have to to ch what I'm challenged with, what frustrations I have, what what things I'm tripping over, what things are holding me up and impeding me from doing my job effectively, it completely changes the dynamic, right? Because now they come back and they're like, why don't we fix this? I'm like, yeah. that's a great question. I've been asking that for months. Why does nobody listen to me? You know, but now this executive comes back with a completely different perspective and they're like, oh, we need to fix this tomorrow, yeah. right? So, and and I think that that's um, as, 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 uh, as much as it seems obvious, right, with all our busyness and everything else in most of our companies, that the reality is, is that most people don't do that. Most most yeah. people in those roles don't or wouldn't do that. And it takes, in my eyes, it takes an enlightened individual to actually put themselves in that position. And I don't care what your business is, but when you when you have sales organizations, which more and more companies that are that that you know have a big sales. Um, force are you know they're recognizing hey look let's just focus on what we're good at and i mean that's what we did at our previous company we outsourced the stuff we weren't good at we we didn't want a big operations team but we knew we needed to have some key people within the organization i think we had one hr person because we were uh, we had a uh, peo that yeah. we leveraged yeah. for our hr solution right but we had one hr person and for 1500 employees Right. Um, we didn't even have a tech team, but we, we didn't have IT in-house, despite having 140 locations with all kinds of tech resources. We, we outsourced that to an IT uh, servicing company. So we focused on the things that we were good at and what we were good at was driving sales results. And that made us that much better at that. All the more reason that everybody within that organization had they if they made the effort 
to understand what it took for us to do our jobs day in and day out. They could see the impediments, what was, what was, what was causing us to not be as good at our jobs or not be as efficient or not give the client the, the best experience or whatever it was, they would be able to see it firsthand. And best of all, because they have the backend uh, um, insight, they can now extrapolate from that experience and say, oh, we can fix it by doing this. We can fix this experience by doing that. We can make it easier yeah. for you to do this by doing this because they know what they know about their departments. But by them coming forward and learning what we do and understand from a sales perspective what we were challenged with or you know, whatever it was, right? And that now they can come back and they have a different perspective, a different lens that they're looking through when they look at their jobs. And consequently, for what it's worth, it's a lot, lot more challenging when you have, you know, 95 to 5% of operations and sales. But salespeople should see, what are these people's jobs? What is the commission? You know, I, I can tell you very, very specifically, we had people that went from sales into commissions. And I remember afterwards, they'd be working with a commission team. Somebody would be working with their wife or something. They're like, hey, uh, you know, now I understand why you used to get frustrated with us because of our contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're like, I can't read this. This is hieroglyphics. I mean, like, this it takes me three hours to process this transaction because I can't figure out this information. I have to make multiple phone calls to figure right. out what was done. You know, but the 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 idea is is that everybody they they learn from one another, and I think that sales, because to your point earlier, sales is the 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 engine that makes the business go. I mean, without revenue really don't have a business right yeah so um and 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 so if we go once a little bit deeper into that as you mentioned earlier about the fact that a smaller organization even more so right because in in a lot of the smaller companies let's say sub 10 million in revenue if you have a sales team it's not very big it's a couple of people in many cases that 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 couple of people is likely led by the ceo or the founder of the company or whatever uh, whatever title that they claim, president, whatever. Um, but they they could very well um, be the person that's running the sales organization and overseeing the sales operations. Uh, and, and that may or may not be an ideal fit, but the, the reality is that the, I don't know, let's, let's say the team is, let's say the sales team is three people. There's probably six or eight people in the entire company. And they all have to understand the role of the salesperson because the reality is in a company that small, one or two salespeople on vacation or not in the office, somebody's got to be able to field those conversations. Sure. Or do yeah. we wait until the salesperson comes back, right, to have that conversation? Yeah. Right. They'll just move on to the next person, right? So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think really good points. And I think maybe a, a slightly different, but I think equally important perspective on it is you want everybody in your organization to have some level of sales understanding and ability. And, and I think it manifests in ways that we don't often think about. So one might be, you know, vendor negotiations, right. And being persuasive and advocating for the interests of the business or, um, you know, with, with a small business in particular, right. You only have this many resources and, and you're trying to figure out the best way to, to, you know, expend them. Well, if you've got the sales team, that's really persuasive and making a case for why they need the budget, they're always going to get the budget. But if you always have, if you have other people that can make a strong argument and be persuasive, 
they may be able to bring new ideas to light with greater emphasis that allows you as the business owner to make better decisions as well, right? Instead of just whoever, whoever's got the slickest presentation, you know, it sells me an right. idea, they're going to get the budget, may or may not be the best interest of the organization. So I think that's something else as well as people being able to, you know, speak in a convincing, you know, way in, in a persuasive way is, is helpful. And, and as a, a business owner, right, also being able to maybe see through a little bit of that because you understand the sales process too. And when you're being sold versus, okay, yeah, I know I'm being sold, but what are the key points? Let me extract that out. And I think that. Can right. help yeah. And I think the, as you, as you discuss, you know, as you suggest that the, the idea, you know, having, having a sales skill, again, the smaller organization, the reality is, is everybody plays a role in that. So for instance, uh, I, I, another piece of this, um, let's say I'm the bookkeeper for a pest control company, yeah, right? And um, I'm out and about, I'm doing my daily thing and I happen to engage with my neighbors, friends, whatever. And they suggest, oh, we've got a problem with um, Arizona scorpions. Um, <laughs> and we're, we're a little frustrated about that. Well, even though I'm the bookkeeper, I hear that my antenna should immediately go up. I should be trained well enough to know that, hey, we have a solution that solves that. And if you're not happy or your current solution and or you you need a solution because you don't currently have one, then I should be able to say, you know what? We have a solution just for that. We have, right. a, particular, yeah. we have a particular service that we do that does this and resolves that and blah, blah, blah. But even as the bookkeeper, I should be able to promote our services. I should have some basic sales skills that gives them the, the information that they need so that they can go and, and, and potentially in, in implement that, you know, or use that and, and basically sell the service. Right. Um, and, and I think that the, you know, this, uh, like I said, a smaller organization, really everybody plays a role like that. Yeah. It's not just the owner. It's not just the entrepreneur. It, it is everybody in the company because at that point in the business, when you're that small, every sale means something. Right. You can't really disregard, you know, and 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 um, I know I've told this story before, uh, but uh, years ago when I started uh, Just Right Wireless, I had a uh, wireless business that I started in between uh, two of my professional ventures. And um, we'd had the store, the first store that we acquired, we'd had it for about a year, maybe just short of a year, maybe like nine months or something like that. And it was Christmas time. And we we have a bigger extended family. Everybody's all together at Christmas time, you know. So we're all over at my dad's place, and both of my brothers work with me in the business. We all have full time jobs, and we're all taking turns in the stores, and we're you know pulling our our shifts and stuff like that. But you know, here we are at Christmas, and somebody in the in somebody in the extended family is bragging about the new phones that they just bought, and 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 uh, you. and guess where they didn't buy them from? Right, exactly. <laughs> And I'm like, how is it that, that, and, and at one point, um, you know, so both my brothers, myself, uh, my sister, I, I mean, uh, we, we, uh, a number of us within the, the family all worked in the wireless industry. There's no way that anybody in my immediate family did not know that we had a wireless store. We were selling cell phones, right? Yeah. right? And, oh, by the way, we sold most of all the carriers that were available in the, in the Phoenix metro area. Um, we even had Dish and DirecTV and all the other stuff, too. So how did you not know that yeah. we had a story of why would you not buy from us? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But perfect example of 
we weren't selling all the time. We weren't we weren't doing a good job of helping people understand that. Uh, and even though we were putting all that time, and this is this is a whole nother lesson. But this is this is where when you when you're doing too many things at once, this is what happens. This is the kind of things that happen. You don't get the effect that you should get. But that's a whole other whole another show for another day. <laughs> but uh, you know, not having everybody focused on driving the sales results of the organization when you're small like that, that's a that's meaningful. Yeah. No, so, totally. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was saying that's the, uh, the the barbecue test, right? Which is what I call it. But it's basically, you know, when somebody's out at a barbecue and they get asked, what do you do? How well they answer that question is important, right? Especially in a small right. business. Are they, you know, a billboard or a referral source that's bringing business in your organization or not in those situations? And unfortunately, a lot of times it's not. So, you know, kind of looking at that and, and you know, do they have the swag? Do they have you know, shirts and gear and hats and things that promote your business, but also have you as the business owner sat down with your team, right? Regardless of how big it is and say, Hey, when you talk about our business, these are the key points that are most important. You know, these are the things that we should be promoting in those barbecue conversations or, or whatever the context is. Right. Um, because a lot of times people, Oh yeah, I do, you know, accounts payable for the pest control company. Oh, okay. And then they move on versus, you know, Hey, I, I you know, play a key role in contributing the finances of Phoenix's most successful pest control company. And we're taking on new clients in this area, right? Huge difference in how you talk about what you do. Right. And, and I yep. think that it's important for the business owner to understand that and to teach their people what they should say. Yeah. And, and one of the, so for instance, at my biz coaches, one of the first things we do with a client is we lead them through a series of, of um, key points that we want to address within their business. And one of the primary things is, and most people understand it as a USP or unique selling proposition. We call it your market dominating position. What is, what is the, what is the thing that you do better than any of your competition that sets you apart from all of your competition? Right. And to your point, when we go through the exercise that we go through and we help them uncover a hundred thousand dollars or more in, in, in additional revenue, one of the biggest things that, everybody always agrees to like everybody agrees that if we clarify if we if we completely identify exactly who it is what we do and who we do it for and we can say that in a very concise manner right so much so that i've got a 10 second elevator pitch in a 30 to 60 second commercial that that market dominating position be can, can be dispelled down into 60 30 and even 10 second increments uh, and I can share using the, the right words tied together to give an example of what we do. Uh, and the key is, is that can everybody in the organization do that? Right. And I say to the owner, I said, OK, can you demonstrate that? And most of the time, the owner's like, maybe, but not exactly. I haven't completely thought it out or I've tried it before, but it's not it's not exactly perfect. Well, that's what the owner's saying. Yeah. You can imagine what the bookkeeper's saying. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and admin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And so how how convoluted is that message when they're talking to a potential client? And the reality is we're always talking to potential clients. Yeah. Right. And, and so the opportunity presents itself when we can clearly identify exactly what it is and what we do for our people. So the fact that everybody in the organization should be in a sales role or sales mindset and adapt that that concept is is really impactful. And just helping them understand, to your point, having the owner sit down with them and say, okay, here's the three or four things that I want you to convey with anybody you ever, anybody ever asked, and they know that you work for such and such a company. 
you know, what, what role do you play in doing this? But more specifically, what does the company do? Right. You can say it in this way and you get this down and, and you get these four or five things out and that's perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, then what does that do for your organization sales as a whole? Yeah. Right. If there's continuity and consistency with what you say amongst everybody in the group, how much will that increase your sales? And generally speaking, David, across the board, uh, we cap it at 10%. We tell them they can't, we can't, we don't want it to have bigger than a 10% impact because we don't yeah. want to overstate the results that we can perform. But generally speaking, I'll have people say as much as 25 or 50% improvement in the business. Yeah, I, I believe it. Because if, because if people can say it clearly, concisely, enthusiastically, right? That anybody that touches that business directly or indirectly, it, it rubs off on them and it's memorable, right? Because there's not a lot of people that, or that jazzed about pest control, going back to our example, right? And so right. when they encounter people that are, even if they're, you know, in some minor role in that organization, they're not the business owner or whatever, uh, but they can speak to it and they're excited about what that business does, it, it's memorable. And I remember there was, um, uh, this was years ago, but I met somebody that worked in the aerospace industry. I, I'm not buying a plane anytime soon, know nothing about it. That's, you know, totally, totally different than what my realm is, right? Um, but they were so excited about their company and they manufactured wing skins. I don't even know what that is, but I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what, what your company's about, but I want to learn more because you're so excited about it and you can speak to it so well. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Absolutely. And that's a great example, right? To your point, they were so excited about it. The enthusiasm would sell somebody. Yep. Even if I didn't have a need for it, I'd want to know more about what you're doing because I'm like, well, that's really interesting. Tell me more. Right. Yeah, for sure. And in sales, that's the key in sales. That's the whole thing is we lead with the enthusiasm because people are like, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more. That's yeah. what you want. Somebody who is inherently interested in your services. You want them to say, well, that's right. interesting. Tell me more about how you do that for your clients. Yeah, for sure. So, and, well, cool. and, and, as we go back and we kind of look at that list of, of different skills that, that that were referenced in that article that I had responded to, uh, the post, sorry, on, on LinkedIn that I responded to, and you think about all the different things that are included in that, all of those are exceptional skill sets that everybody would benefit from. Yeah. And, they're, and, and, and when you accumulate those and you bring those together and you really hone in on a sales skill, let me, let me add one last piece. When you think about sales skills, the ability to communicate and 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 convince people of your perspective that's that's pretty much what sales is right to get to yeah. get people to take action to communicate and get people to take action that's what it comes down yeah. to Agreed. and if if uh, that skill set in and of itself isn't valuable enough right that that in itself would be pretty substantially valuable uh but when you add in the fact that when you um as, as you grow within an organization, as, an, as an, a company gets bigger, you need people within the organization, or at least you want your core people that have grown with the company to take elevated roles within the organization. If you take the bookkeeper and you move them from bookkeeper to controller to eventually CFO somewhere down the road and assume that they have the skill set that supports the role, which is a whole other conversation, but all right. As they progress, if they're progressing professionally, yeah. if they're applying the skill set, if they're learning more and understanding more, if it was advantageous as a bookkeeper for them to have a, a basic understanding of sales and, 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 a, and, a, and a core skill set there, uh, it's astronomically more important in a CFO role. Yeah. 
right? Sure. If that company is now doing 10 to $20 million a year and they're the CFO, they need to understand what goes into uh, what is what, what and, and if they have a really true understanding of what goes into driving the sales results of the organization, because they're part of the team that makes the the, the quotas and goals for the next year. Right. Yep. They may not be the deciding factor, but they play a significant role in helping determine that in the budgeting process. Yeah. So if you don't have it in the beginning, developing that skill set will only improve your opportunities for growth. Um, as you move up through within even the same organization, let alone go to another organization. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, right? How are you going to forecast and budget effectively if you don't understand how the revenue is produced and the things that go into it, you know, seasonally and even personnel, right? And all those sorts of things. So uh, exactly. But cool. Well, hey, anything else you want to share on that topic before we, uh, we wrap up? No, I think we beat it up pretty good. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, hey, uh, Eric, you talked about market dominating position. And so I'll just mention real quick that if you don't know what your market dominating position is, if your team doesn't know what your business's market dominating position is, uh, I encourage you, you know, schedule some time with Eric or one of his coaches, just scan the QR code, head over to his website and, uh, you know, schedule that free consultation. They'll walk you through, uh, there's a 12 step process. And one of those is the market dominating position. And I think just that time alone is, uh, is really valuable to kind of figure that out and then cascade that throughout, throughout your organization. So, um, anything else you'd share on that uh, process, Eric? No, it's a great plug. I appreciate that. And I mean, the reality is at the end of the day, um, as I said earlier, uh, most clients, when we go through this exercise, we really, you know, kind of dig in and say, what, what kind of impact would this have in your business? Yeah. By their own admission, right? I tell them they have to cap it at 10%. And they're telling me, no, it's got to be 25%. It's 50%. <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, and then and, 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 and when they're telling me that it's that impactful to the business, uh, I'm like, okay, so would you agree this is the very first thing we need to focus on? Yeah. And and they're like, absolutely. That's yeah. we, we need to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And so that becomes one of the first exercises we typically uh, focus on that help us lead down that path. So by our own, you know, uh, our own client base that's telling us, no, 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 this is worth more than 10%. And as far as the value return to the company, yeah, that's how impactful it is. Awesome. Well, I love it. Good stuff. Um, yeah. And, and just if you don't already subscribe and follow us, make sure you do. Uh, we have conversations like this every single week where we talk about things that impact small business and, of course, give you the edge you need to succeed. So we encourage you to subscribe, like, uh, drop a comment in there. If there's a question you want us to tackle, we love those. We haven't done a community Q&A in a while, Eric. So uh, maybe we can uh, source some questions from the audience and uh, we'd love to tackle those as well. And Eric, uh, great hanging out with you, man. Absolutely. Always, David. Awesome. Hey, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you.